Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Apologetically Me. I'm Maggie. I'm Wanda. And we're here to talk about Where Are They Now? Journalism, YouTube edition. Um, we're going to be sharing with you guys where everyone is now and doing some digging of ourselves. But before we get started, Wanda, tell the people what you got going on. Short update today, but long beef. So my update is that I am still mildly COVID positive, which is unfortunate because it has now been 11 or 12 days since I've tested positive. I've been testing every single day, hoping for a different outcome. But unfortunately, it seems like that's not going to be the case. Like I've mostly been getting better since the last time I've been on the podcast, but... I did develop a slightly new and terrible symptom, which was like nausea um, and motion sickness. So in the beginning, it was really bad, where sometimes if I like walked around, I would start getting like motion sickness. But now it's mostly seems to be centered around being in cars. I can't go on long drives, like even drives of like 10, 15 minutes triggers it. But I've self-diagnosed myself properly and I've gotten gravel and gravel has been chef's kiss two things one i believe you are falling into the definition of psychopath crazy what's the word where like you do the same thing expecting different results probably psychopath why (laughs) because you keep testing for COVID every day yeah but like (laughs) what do you want me to do Like, I, I mean, like, I assume, like, the assumption is, like, based on, like, news articles is that it will, I will test negative eventually. But until that time. Until that time, um, you will be continuing to test positive forever. Yeah. I, I hope not. I, I got a very, I almost thought I was negative today. So, that is an improvement. It was an improvement from the hard line that I got yesterday. I've been getting, like, really, like, wonky like, I, I wish I had, like, a picture of all my COVID tests just to, like, show, like, the progression of it going, like, up and down in faintness. Scrapbooking. Um, it's been really confusing. Um, my second thing is your voice sounds a lot better. Do you hear, when you were listening to it back, did you hear, like, your voice last week? Yeah, it was definitely, like, a little bit raspy. Um, I think it was the congestion. Mm. Um, but I did not mind it. I didn't think it, I thought it was going to be a lot worse than it was. Um, but it was fine. It still sounded like me, but it was just like a lower register of me. Mm-hmm. Now you're back to your normal register of Wanda. Wait, like, do you think when you take like those PCR tests that you need for flying that you would test positive on those? Like imagine Jordan bought a ticket for you to Germany and then you tested positive and you're like, fuck. <laughs> That, like, actually would very much be the case because I read that PCR tests are more sensitive. So, like, they want you to take, like, rapid tests, like, after you've tested positive just to see if you still have it in your system. But with the PCR tests, they can detect it, like, like a month later. Like, you could still have, like, tiny bits of viral load, even though you're not contagious anymore. They can still detect it in you. Which is, So it's, like, I guess it's good i guess like i'm not gonna tell jordan that that it was like good that he didn't invite me on his trip to germany but like i guess it was for the better viral load yeah i've been saying (laughs) 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 i I realized that like that is something that me and jordan have been saying and now i guess i've just propagated to the masses (laughs) yuck Nice. Well, I'm glad you're on your way to a slow, steady recovery. Mm-hmm. Slow but steady. Um, wishing that the motion sickness goes away, but gravel again. Sponsorship. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, what do you have going on, or what did you have going on? Um, I have been dying of allergies and been constantly exposed to COVID. First, it was Nick's aunt. Now it might be Nick's mom. Um, yeah, so I took three COVID tests last week, negative. Um, I developed a bit of a sore throat that comes and goes. Uh, and my allergies suck, so it makes it kind of hard to tell if I'm actually sick or not. Um, but all in all, it's allergy season, people. Take your pills, have a tissue box around, 
Um, that's my only advice for people with allergies. That's all I can do. I'm sorry. Um, two things. When you take a COVID test, do you find that you like sneeze a lot? Oh my God. Yeah. I sneeze like four or five times. Apparently I'm going too far up when I do that. Oh, but it says like at a minimum, you have to go up like the like closer ear, right? Five inches. Like, yeah, you're supposed to stick it up as far as you can yeah. until you like feel resistance. Uh, well, the first time I did it, I was with Nick's mom and she was like, oh no, you don't need to stick it up that high. And I was like, wait, but every time like a nurse did it for me, it was so high. So I feel like this is good if I'm sneezing. Yeah, I sneeze every time. And like, it's literally like constant sneezing. I have to blow my nose in yeah. between everything. And like Jordan does it. And I'm like, what is, what is, am I, am I wrong here? Like, did I no. do something? It's so gross and embarrassing when all, the swab is full of your mucus too. Yuck. Wait, so you mentioned when you swab it, you do your cheeks and your tongue. Do you do that after your nose or before? No. Okay. <laughs> well, like, if you like the taste of your mucus, wow. you do it before. <laughs> um, but yeah, so like, I guess Twitter advice and also like some like medical professionals on Twitter have been saying that if you want a more accurate, accurate, rapid antigen test, then you should swab both your cheeks for like five to 10 seconds. And then you should also swab your, like the back of your throat for like five to 10 seconds. And then you swab both nostrils as directed. Um, and they say that like, that's more likely to get a better, like accurate result. Like you're most, you're more likely to actually detect like the viral load in your body doing it that way. But you can't eat or drink anything 30 minutes beforehand. So I've been doing my tests for thing in the morning you're also supposed to blow your nose apparently before you do the test too hmm. interesting i yeah. think um because you have allergies too right like yeah pollen. uh lately when i've been looking at the uh, like pollen outlook it's been very very high so that might be why because i remember doing like when the nurse would administer the covid test i didn't sneeze my eyes would just water so that's the second thing. Now, because I have like, I had like a sinus thing from COVID, I don't know if my sneezing and my nose running now is allergy related or because I'm still recovering from COVID. It's very difficult to mm -hmm. tell. Mm -hmm. I feel. What is your beef or crush of the week? <sighs> okay. So my beef of the week is once again, Jordan. So I told you, I think last week, that Jordan had invited me on a trip to Germany, but then didn't check the prices of plane tickets. So he added, so we decided that I shouldn't go just because it was so expensive. So this happened again. He, Jordan has a friend, his best friend, Matt. He lives in LA. And Jordan has been saying for the past couple of months, like, hey, let's go visit Matt in LA. I want to go visit Matt in LA. And he invited me along. So. I booked tickets and then I realized that there was no good Airbnbs nearby. Originally, we were planning to stay with Matt and I always thought that was the case, but Matt might be getting a puppy around that time. Um, and then Jordan also found out that Matt has a cat, so I can't stay there because I have really bad allergies. So then I canceled our flight because I thought that going on Expedia and booking like a hotel plus a flight would be more economical and you end up saving kind of like a couple hundred bucks, which is always good. So yesterday, canceled the flight and did a lot of legwork trying to find like a good hotel package to figure out where we want to stay. I went through like three options with Jordan and I guess he was kind of having like a day where he just wasn't feeling well and he was just like not really listening to whatever I was saying but so there was one hotel in Koreatown and I really liked it because like Koreatown's so close to everything like and the hotel was like very like boutique hotel had like a really fancy restaurant it's called Line um if any of you want to look it up but yeah very Japanese close to I don't know if it's Japanese but Roy Choi is like an executive chef there oh shit He's famous. Yeah, so, yeah, exactly. So it was like super cool. There was like a bar slash club in the hotel. There was like a really cool like out 
garden-esque restaurant. The rooms were kind of like it, like not as good, but like it was nice. Like the overall like location, everything was nice, but it was 40 minutes by drive because LA traffic away from Matt. And I told that to Jordan and he was like, oh, it's fine. We shouldn't plan our trip around Matt. And I was like, are you sure? Like, I thought the whole purpose of this trip was to go see him. Um, and then I also had another option, which was right by the, right by LAX, because that's about 10 minutes away from where Matt lives. But then of course, like when you're by LAX, there's like nothing nearby. Like you would have to like Uber, Postmates, whatever, everything in, but you'd be close to Matt. And then Jordan started getting fed up with all these options. And he was like, what, how, how much is like immunotherapy, which is like shots to, I guess, cure you quote unquote of your allergies so that way we can just stay with matt and then i got fed up because i was like i've done this much work and you have not made a decision and you seem to have not listened to anything i've said this entire day so i was like what if you just go alone so now once again have i been invited on a trip that i'm no longer going on um Maybe try again today. See how his mood is. I think it's for the better. Like, it's like if I go, it's an additional, like, we have to pay for the hotel because we can't stay with Matt. But mm-hmm. he, if he goes alone, he can go for a little bit, like, he can go for less time and he could stay with Matt. So it basically saves him, like, $600, Um. Sorry to Jordan. I mean, not sorry, but, like, the audacity of this man to be like, can you just take a shot to, like, get over your allergies? Like. It's not one shot. It's multiple shots. And then you have to take it consecutively for Mm -hmm. three to five years. Yeah, I know, because my brothers do this. (laughs) It's, It's a lot of work, and it still doesn't, like, mediate all your allergies. Like, it's better than before. Before, like, literally every time they sneeze, I tell them to shut up. But it was just so constant and so loud so now it's like slightly better but it's still like not all of the allergies are fully recovered so all right your brother both both my brothers okay (laughs) but nick just got a cat um yeah i guess he's not allergic to cats anymore Hmm. wonder what that's like allergy shots won't solve your problem also that's mean of jordan um is he gonna pay for them is he gonna pay for these allergy shots does he like needles he no he did say that he was like how much is immunotherapy i think that is cheaper than booking a hotel i'm mad for you thank you it was like (laughs) it was more upset about how much work and effort i had put in yesterday trying to find like something that was like a good compromise of everything that like he told me that the trip was supposed to be um so yeah i would be pissed too reasonably pissed yeah but you know i woke up i feel better about it i am okay but now i'm just like hey jordan like you should book your ticket because it's only going to go up from here and he's like yeah i'll get around to it which means he's probably going to pay an additional 200 dollars because he's going to procrastinate this even though it takes only a couple of minutes but you know it's no longer my problem just for that, me and you should go to LA when he goes. We should. <laughs> What's your beef or crush of the week? Um, my beef is my work. I recently let slip. I've told Wanda this already, so it's not news to her. But I recently let slip of how old I was to my team. And I was bullied for two minutes. I was roasted. They, they, I felt like I was in the middle of a sitcom. Like, everyone kept doing different reactions. Um, one person started, like, cradling a baby. Another person gave me a paper towel and was like, here's your diaper. Another person was like, wow, my sons are, like, your age. Another person was like, oh, my God, you do not seem that age. Um, and then I told another close coworker of mine who is the same age, but I guess she didn't realize we were the same age or something. And she was like, what? We're the same age? Why do you seem so older? And I was like, okay, well, that's... That's a lot. And I think it's just because she seems so young and happy. And I'm old and not happy. It So everyone at work assumed you were older than you are. Yeah. 
And so there's like one coworker on my team who like he kind of has a baby face. Um, mm-hmm. so I guess they were like, oh, so so and so, like you're the youngest, right, on the team. And I looked at him and I was like, huh, maybe you are. And he was like, oh yeah, like I'm 31. And I was like, oh wait, you're not the youngest <laughs> by five years. Um, Do you rather wish you looked younger? No, I think I'm okay with this. I would want people to assume I was older. Um, Only because I feel like, you know, I gotta represent like the people of our generation. I can't make people think that I'm act super young. I gotta act super old and cranky all the time. Okay, that's it for my beef. Small beef this week. But also if my employer is watching this, JK, I love ya. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, cool. So let's get into it. Uh, We're going to be talking about some of the popular YouTubers from the 2010s era. Um, We're going to be sharing with each other where they are now, um, maybe dropping some bombshells, um, and we'll be alternating to see, I don't know, just to like share facts with the other person because I don't know everything that's going on. Only the some stuff. Um, And these are YouTubers that we watched, I guess, like in our prime of youtube yes we did not include youtube's current prime because i don't know who that is anymore i'm very out of the loop um yeah i think our main focus this episode seems to be on the british and the asian youtubers the two types of youtubers i wanted to be (laughs) exactly british or asian (laughs) dang it (laughs) i couldn't be british yeah in the 2010 eras i felt like YouTube was just exploding. Like, that was the prime. Like, Google AdSense, right? Like, Google had bought YouTube then. Like, creators were actually making real money off of YouTube. Um, mm-hmm. More people, I guess, joined YouTube. I should have joined YouTube. I've thought about yeah. it back in the day. I remember oh, really? this, and you didn't. Hmm. Um, I just remember, like, every week. I don't know if it was, like, maybe I was young or, like, maybe that's how powerful YouTube really was back then and still is today but it was like i religiously watched these people i subscribed to their like i was really in the know about what they were they were so entertaining so funny i just felt like this is this is the cool community and especially too it was like really good representation for asians like us because you don't back then you didn't see asians in like mainstream media we had to go to youtube to see all these people ryan higa Kev Jumba, Michelle Phan, um, Wang Fu, JK Films. Anyways, there was a lot of Asian YouTubers back then. <laughs> there still are even more now, but I think I would credit the the whole burst of Asian YouTubers to the 2010 OGs. I think they actually launched in like 2008, but like I'm just calling it the 2010 era. Michelle Phan, um, Vietnamese American beauty YouTuber. She without a doubt, changed the game. Um, I do not follow the beauty community on YouTube. I just know she was one of the first OGs. She's known for a very unique look. Like, she's very pretty. Um, and you don't see, I guess, like a lot of representation. Um, surprisingly, she's only 35 years old. I don't know why I thought she was like in her 40s. Um, she also is the founder of M Cosmetics, which is why like you see her YouTube content shift I mean, I guess, like, she became, like, gradually more quiet and she moved on to, like, really big things, which is what happens when you become, like, a really big influencer. So, M Cosmetics, um, it's supposed to be, like, representation to the Vietnamese community because M means, like, younger, like, sister or brother kind of thing um, in Vietnamese. Um, And it was under L'Oreal, which is good because I think L'Oreal is known for, like, good quality, like, good budget kind of cosmetics line. Um, But... When M Cosmetics launched, people criticized it um, because they were like, Michelle Phan is literally so unique, so interesting, and the packaging around this makeup is so boring, so disappointing. Um, And then it it was just really bad. In 2015, this is when she disappeared. And then she came back and she released an 11 minute long video explaining the same reason a lot of why, a lot of reasons why YouTubers left. She said she was getting too vain. Um, she was letting like social media kind of control her life and she wanted everything to be picture perfect. 
when on the inside she was kind of like crumbling apart. She was very insecure, very depressed, um, and felt like she lost like kind of all inspiration and all hope and she didn't like making content anymore. Which I find is a very reoccurring theme in a lot of these YouTubers we will hear about soon. She was also hit with a really big lawsuit for using unlicensed background music in one of her like popular videos or something. It was from the record label that like that has like Calvin Harris, Dead Mouse, like Cascade, like some big DJs. And they were like, Michelle Fon has not paid us for any like royalties from that video. And she was like, um, I made this song popular. So that went back and forth. Um, and I'm sure that like made her very stressed out too. So she has resurfaced, but um, she looks very different. Um, I, I don't know if you've seen pictures of her recently, but I was looking at it on Reddit too, because I was like, something about her seems off. And there are rumors that she has had plastic surgery. She denies it because that's what every influencer does. They will not admit to it. And she said, no, it's just because my makeup style has changed. I've just enhanced my lips. I've enhanced my face, like that kind of thing. She says it's all makeup. What do you think now that I see you Googling pictures of her? It's hard because it's like she does look very, very doll like, I guess, in her new like Instagram pictures. Um, but like, I, like, I don't know. It's hard because it's mm -hmm. like I could see that she might have did something with her eyes, like the same thing that they say that Kendall Jenner did where they like cat eyed it. Mm -hmm. Um but like other than that, like everything else, like her nose, kind of looks the same. Like she might have gotten like lip fillers. I think it's the but fillers. like everyone gets that. Mm -hmm. I think it's um, just an LA thing to do. Yeah, but like I think the biggest difference is probably her eyes. But then again, it could be attributed to like makeup. Yeah, it could be. Um, I just know that when I first saw it, I was like, "Whoa, Michelle Phan looks so different." She was always pretty and unique looking, I think. And then when I saw her, I was like, "Oh." Interesting. Very, very doll-like. Yeah. Anyways, Michelle Fawn was a very interesting person to track because when I started looking into her, I had two kind of rabbit holes I fell down. And this is where, like, nothing was confirmed. This was all kind of hearsay, but also very scary sounding. So I'll start with the first one, where Michelle Fawn joined a cult. Uh, so she started posting on her Instagram story about this guy named Dr. Joe Dispenza. She went to a seven day retreat by Dr. Joe Dispenza. She said how like super impressed she was with him and how he can transform his body using brain and mind. He calls it reprogramming your mind. So apparently he had this like huge accident that said like he wouldn't be able to walk again or something, something about like destroying his spinal cord, spinal nerves in his back. And usually when that happens, you're pretty messed up for life. Like you have chronic pain, like it takes forever to walk. But he said, reprogramming your mind, just meditating for a shit ton, will make you walk again. And Michelle Phan has fallen into this, unfortunately. And, um, side note, I think people are more likely to join cults because cult leaders kind of manipulate them. So it's like when they're at their lowest, like very vulnerable, very depressed, they need to look to someone or like need someone to kind of help them. And I think that's when cult leaders like come in and kind of like manipulate them and take advantage of them. So very scary, very scary stuff. So anyways, she goes on this retreat and she talks about how her friends think she's having fun and it's just like a, like a cool, like honeymoon retreat kind of thing for herself. And she's like, no bro, I'm actually working. And she goes into the itinerary of the average day, four hours of sleep a night, waking up at 3 a.m. to meditate for five hours straight. No breaks, no food, no bathroom breaks, nothing. Then she eats. Then she learns the science for two hours. Then she meditates again, and then another break, and then meditates again. And then in a follow-up to her story, she claims that she healed a man who was in a wheelchair for years. She said this man can not only walk again, he can dance with joy. And people are like, what the fuck? Um, so that was the one weird rabbit hole of Michelle Fan's cult. And then she went on TikTok and she was like, no, 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 I didn't join a cult, guys. It's just, like, a really cool group that I have, like, a lot of respect for. Sounds like something someone who joined a cult would say. Um, the second one is where I'm a little bit blurry with the t details. So I have to mention another YouTuber 
called Princess May, who is also a beauty YouTuber. I think her username is like Princess May, but her official name is May Yan, Chinese American girl, born and raised in LA. So she came out with this tweet. Um, I cannot remember it word by word, but it was she was like queer, polyamorous, uh, something else too. And she joined this class that she said promoted female empowerment. Um, so it's run by this lady named Colette. And there are rumors about her that she's kind of the Ghislaine Maxwell of the LA community, where she grooms little Asian girls specifically to join these classes. And then they all kind of like take provocative pictures and like act like slaves to this one dude who seen, gives off very Jeffrey Epstein vibes. Um, and they posted pictures of this class and it looks like very terrifying. Like they're all Asian girls. They're all dressed up in like the classic Asian girl, like vibe kind of look. And May is just like, yeah, this is like, it's just promoting female empowerment. Like I'm all for this. It's made me so comfortable with my sexuality, but it looks very creepy in these pictures. Um, I don't even know if I can post a picture here, but creepy looking. Um, so anyways, so Michelle Thon has come out and said that these classes are not what people think. This is not a BDSM class. It's not any culty thing. It's very cool. It's like what May said. It is very female empowering. So people are like, holy shit, Michelle Thon is part of this. And they said that she and Colette used to be colleagues at one point. Um, so this goes a lot deeper and this seems very yucky and I don't know more details about this, unfortunately, because this is as far as my rabbit hole goes, um, but I will send you pictures about this. Not How great. do you spell May Young? May? So M-E-I-Y-A-N. Oh, um, that's crazy. It's like, I just scrolled through her Instagram, like Michelle Fan's Instagram, and it looks pretty like... Looks like normal, pretty... right? I think it's just the yeah. stories. I think that's where people come in. It's kind of like crazy because it's like a lot of beauty influencers end up like in these really weird situations yeah um even i guess like to that point to even now you see a lot of beauty youtubers like always feuding with each other or have like so much beef and then it turns out they're like grooming little kids or something or like talking to little kids at sisters james charles <laughs> so and yet not canceled yeah i i don't know what's going on um i'm not even surprised i feel like this is just like the norm now like so many of this stuff is like going on in la maybe it's just like an la rich people thing grooming yeah i mm -hmm. bet <laughs> anyways i'll send you the thread on twitter if you want to read more about it yeah i will take a look yeah it's very messed up maybe yeah cool but it it's that like it's so crazy because it's like well like i never really got into her like i found her to be like too sophisticated for like what i wanted in like a beauty youtuber and i didn't find her really relatable um but it's still crazy to see like how fame can get to you mm -hmm. she did mention that too she said um i didn't think money would change me but it did yeah um so moving on british youtubers who also saw the rise within the early 2010s. Um, so there's a few that I'm going to go through. I'm not going to go through as intricately as Maggie did because she really did her research into Michelle Fan, and I didn't realize we were that kind of podcast. <laughs> I just wanted to shock you with all the details because I was reading it and my jaw was dropping and I was like, what the hell is going on? Yeah, I mean, like, I'm glad you, like, I'm glad you got into this rabbit hole and I'm glad you shared it with us, but it was like did not get that memo that's okay <laughs> but they also like haven't like i don't think anything has really come out about these youtubers either mm -hmm. that have been like super super crazy mm -hmm. um like that uh so okay starting with tanya burr and jim chapman so they were like the it one of the it couples i guess you could say of like the british vlogger um era they were high school sweethearts um i think they met in like what is british high school they dated for a really long time like i think like seven years um before they ended up getting married shortly after um they got married though they there was like rumors that they broke up they were getting a divorce um tanya seemed to be going more into the space of like acting and wanting to pursue that um 
It's kind of unclear what ultimately drove them apart, though, but there is speculation that she felt that she could do better and that she felt that she could get famous and that, like, Jim might have been, like, holding her back. Um, there also was, like, allegations of maybe cheating, but, like, they never really commented on that. I, I think they also said, like, that like that wasn't true. We, like, ended up on good terms and everything. We just, like, wanted different things. I think she lost, like... I don't think, like, a ton of weight. I don't think she was, like, chubby before. I thought she was fine. Um, yeah, she lost, like, a lot of weight. And then I guess, like, that's when you said she thought she yeah. was better than Jim. Even though he's, like, a tall, skinny white guy. Very she handsome. was, like, really... Yeah, like, she was very curvy before. And I think, like, she was, like, I guess back in the day considered to be, like, ch- like chubbier than the other YouTubers. Um, because, like, the other ones were, like, very thin. Um, so I guess, like, as she got into, like, acting and stuff, she did, like, end up losing a lot of weight. So she lost a lot of her, like, butt, um, and she's, like, more, like, skinny skinny now than curvy that she was before. Um, and, like, whatever the reason was, like, if she wanted to do it, she wanted to do it. But they ultimately broke up and it doesn't seem to be going that well for her like maybe like i don't know she might just enjoy being single and everything um i think she's still doing like uh, theater and pursuing acting and everything but jim on the other hand just had or not just but like a few months ago um him and his fiance just had a kid um he is signed to a modeling agency um he is writing screenplays now i think and seems like he's like pretty happy like she could be happy too like i guess like i'm not saying that you need to be in a relationship to be happy but it kind of feels like she kind of got the like shit end of the stick for some reason yeah it's also makes you rethink because remember when they came up they were like the it couple they were like oh it's jim and tanya like they're such couple goals and everything um So I hope they're both happier. Maybe I guess they just weren't happy together. Yeah. And it's sad because it's like, I, when they broke up, I like, I definitely had to question like, what, like, what is even the point of relationships? Like it kind of like, cause it was such a thing that you looked up to like as a kid in your like primitive years and everything as you're like maturing. And then they were together for so long they went through like so much stuff and everything and then like ultimately for it to just like end like that after like marriage like kind of it's like kind of scary yeah yeah um second another youtube couple um elfie days and zo sug who is also the behind zoella um they recently also had a kid and they seem to be very happy. Everything's going great. I still actually watch some of their vlogs because it's just like, it just like feels so domestic, you know? Like everything about them, like he seems to be like, at least like building up to the birth, like he seemed to be like getting ready to be like a great dad kind of thing, like reading books and like being like, how can I best support my partner like throughout this process? Because like she's going through so much and I just don't feel like I'm doing enough for her and everything. Um what a sweetie. So Ella like looked really great for someone who was like six months pregnant and like even when she was like about to give birth, she still looked really great. Um, but she's been, I think, struggling with um, I guess like body image and everything, because she's always been like pretty thin. And, like, had, like, a pretty good body. So I guess it's, like, she's, like, a little bit scared to put herself on camera and stuff. And, like, I guess it's, like, also being a new mom, like, very hard to juggle everything. Um, So I'm glad they ended up working out. I know that Zoella has had some problematic things, though, um, about, like, some of the stuff she's launched. Like, her beauty line and everything. And how, like... um. They could be like she could be on the decline because like she just surrounds her people with like surrounds herself with yes people who just like say yes to everything that she wants to do even though it not like it might not be the best intentions for her or like everyone else and stuff um so there is definitely controversies there but that just might be youtube speculation my comment is i didn't know alfie was so sweet to zoella and like 
something about like to be dads just doing research about stuff and just putting in effort that's hot love it yeah i love dads which is like it's such a bare minimum like you know (laughs) (laughs) the bar is low ladies Mm -hmm, yeah mm -hmm. i remember when they first got together and well they were keeping a secret for so long and people kept speculating Mm -hmm. like they're totally together and then when they did it's it was nice if they break up, I will be very sad because I am very into like parasocial relationships. Apparently, <laughs> I feel like I'm there. I feel like I'm part of their relationships. So, um, seeing them break up now would just be heartbreaking. Um, she's also like I think 32 now. So I'm so mind blown by how young these YouTubers are. Yeah, but like. They were slightly older than you back in the day. So, like, what do you expect them to be, like, 40 now? I don't know. Like, for some reason, they just seemed, like, so much older than us when they were at their height. Mm. But I guess it's, like, when we're younger, we think anyone who's, like, a little bit older than us to be, like, so much older than us. Yeah, that's fair. Um, So then there was also Marcus Butler. He was, like, part of, like, I guess that crew and everything um he kind of did the same style they did a lot of collaborations together um they did a lot of like vlog stuff together get togethers and stuff and they did seem to actually like be friends but like they don't everyone doesn't seem to like hang out anymore and like i don't know if that's just because like everyone's kind of like moved on with their lives but they're still like they still keep in touch kind of thing or like they were just friends for youtube i think maybe at the time it's like you know when you're really into youtube or like really into a hobby like you surround yourself with people who are also really into it so i think it was just for youtube yeah um which is fair good for end of an era end of an era um marcus butler has now moved to la um him and his girlfriend have started a clothing company he has deleted all his videos on youtube um i think there was a tweet that said like um, it's so weird having shared like a third of your life with like everyone online and stuff. Like after he deleted his videos, he is now into crypto, which is <sighs> unsurprising. Like I don't think yeah. he like pushes crypto really hard, but I think it's like he just has like a crypto hobby, which is like fair. You can that, have your hobby. That funds his lifestyle in LA. No, he. I, I'm pr- like I'm pretty sure his like YouTuber money funds his <laughs> lifestyle in LA. Um. And his, like, fashion brand seems to be doing pretty well. Huh. As, yeah. Good for him. Like, there's, like, this thing where it's, like, if you have, like, a million dollars, like, if you've earned a million dollars and you just have it, like, sitting in a bank or whatever, and you invest it, you could live off of that million dollars for, hmm. like, a good chunk of your life. So maybe he was just, like, really good with money, I guess, like, during hmm. the height of his era. It's almost, like, that's, like, kind of cool, you know? Like, if you make so much money during this, like, one period of your life to be able to, like, quit doing, like, influencing and just, like, live your life on the DL for the rest of your life, but with this money, like, pretty cool. Yeah. It's almost, like, respectable. I think we also have to note that Marcus Butler's family is very affluent and rich. Ooh. (laughs) I didn't know that. What did they do? I remember from his, like, past vlogs when he would do, like, his family stuff, they were all pretty rich. Never mind. I take it back. <laughs> I think. Or maybe. No, I'm pretty sure he was like pretty wealthy. Yeah. Marcus. Um, Butler. Family. Rich. Hmm. Well, nothing says anything about his family, but they say apparently he's rich. His net worth is a million dollars. Yeah. And like, that's pretty good. Like, that's mm-hmm. really good. Yeah. Um. But someone who is for his family is affluent affluent is Casper Lee. Um, they, they, I think he he's originally from South Africa. His family's still in South Africa. They, he did like a family house tour once, and I was like, holy crap! Like I understand like housing is not as expensive in South Africa, but it was a massive house. <laughs> um, so. He kind of like honorary honorary British YouTuber, I guess, even though he wasn't British. Um, he 
I guess, moved to London eventually, um, partnered a lot with, like, Joe Sugg, who is, like, Zoella's brother. Um, they did, like, a whole prank war thing. They were roommates for a while. Um, he eventually started dating a fan, um, which was kind of cute because there's, like, a before picture where they met, like, six years ago and then, like, an mm. after picture. And she really glowed up. But... <laughs> um. That was like news for a while, I guess. He also randomly stopped posting in 2019, I think. Um, similar to Marcus, like they both kind of just stopped. Like there was nothing like announced. It was just like just the end, and they never posted again. He hasn't deleted his YouTube videos and everything. Um, so he might eventually come back to it. There's no, I guess, explanation for why kind of he like left. Um, but he has since created a talent management company um, for, like, influencers and stuff. Um, he's invested into some other companies to, like, diversify. I think one of the companies, like, is, like, some kind of, like, maybe, like, food-related because it's in a lot of grocery stores now. Um, he also is building homes, I think, in South Africa for, like, the less fortunate and stuff just to... Mm give them like stable housing for students and everything so good for him for i guess using platform for good good for him for diversifying um very like all like relatively unproblematic oh that's um, good yeah and then finally dan howell who in my opinion i'm not sure if maggie agrees with me inspired this whole video <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah that's what i was thinking about it yeah um so he recently just came out with an hour and a half long video monologue about um what happened and why he went away and why he is now back and everything that's happened in between and similar to michelle fan he did suffer from like bouts of depression um and like mental health issues even though he seemed like very happy like on the outside and stuff um and he kind of like it sucks because he's one of those like youtubers that kind of got targeted as being like you're gay right and like everyone would constantly speculate on his sexuality until finally like two years ago he came out with a video saying i'm gay um and that was shitty yeah and, like i kept shipping like him and phil and it was like yeah. very uncomfortable for them who were probably best friends and roommates like if people kept shipping me and you they're like in their spare time they probably make out and have sex and do other lesbian things okay it's like i guess it's like i got pretty intense like there were like dan and phil fan fiction and everything like it's probably like it's not comfortable it's definitely like if and you constantly get like bouts of it and everything like it's not great um but he did point out how like he kind of fell into the same trap where he kept on caring what other people think rather than try to do things for himself because like of the like analytics and everything so um glad i think i like i i have like five minutes left of the video i don't know if he's, if he's actually coming back um i he said he well it's like you know how people sign off they're like i'm only gonna focus on things that make me happy now yeah so unclear yeah good for him though mm -hmm. i had such a crush on him as a kid i remember your phone wallpaper was him for a very long time <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know. Also, I don't know if he was particularly happy. He made a lot of depressed videos. And I related to that. <laughs> yeah. But I think back then as a kid, you're just like, haha, lol, depression. And then that's what he kind of did. But on the inside, he was actually depressed, not lol. Yeah. I mean, they always say like Gen Z is like credited with like, um, like, I guess more acceptance of like mental health and everything and like they like joke a lot about like depression and everything too at the same time but like we literally grew up with like an acronym for like kill myself like oh my literally you would say kill myself like all the time yeah. <laughs> wow the blow up of the british youtubers i like that none of them have knock on wood any like really blow up controversies like, they all just seem to be, like, chilling, doing their own thing. That's yeah. great. Very, really avoided the drama. British. <laughs> good for them. Or they're really good at hiding, like, their yeah. weird kinks. <laughs> okay, so the next segment. We're going to talk about Asian YouTubers. 
Um, like we said, around this time, there was a big blow up of the British ones and the Asian ones. For Asian YouTubers, uh, we got Wong Fu, Kept Jumbo, Ryan Higa, and also honorary mention to Just Kidding Films. I personally did not watch Just Kidding Films. Did you? Um, I did a little bit. Uh, I was reading about like all their drama and stuff, and there's just literally way too much of Just Kidding Films drama that I don't even know if I'm going to capture it properly, but I'll give you the TLDR. Um, yeah. So they had a public feud with one of their interns, Olivia. Olivia Tai, I think her name is. I don't know if you know her. Um, I don't know any of these people. I only know Bart and David So. Um, and Geo, I guess. And um, so the, Olivia had come out and said that the interns at Just Kidding Films are grossly underpaid and are worked like slaves and um, that they're just expected to be kind of yes people kind of thing. And she released like this whole video statement about it and then Just Kidding Films, because I guess they had so many staff and stuff, they all like came out publicly and like bashed her. Like David So even said like, um, you know I'm blunt, like I'm not part of Just Kidding Films, like, but they they're the reason why I got my start and he called her like stupid and said like how she was so unprofessional for like posting like her personal life on YouTube and that this should have been a professional thing and like she's burned all her bridges and she came out and was like I'm more than happy to release all the emails between me and Just Kidding Films and how unprofessional they were and how they were constantly bullying me um so that was one thing another thing recently uh so there were between two other people so one person named Josh um he was saying how he was being constantly bullied as well um bullied and kind of like they did like racist stuff to him and like he never got his voice heard um in the creative process was just kidding films uh, they've actually like branched out and they've done like a lot more things too uh, i'm just going to refer to it as just kidding films because that's how i know them as um but the guy josh was like i've decided to leave like i we're not leaving on good terms um and a lot of the cast members, again, came out online, like Twitter or wherever, like bashing him. Same thing again with another person named Tiffany. Um, I think she and Gio were best friends. They're both Mexican, I believe. Um, and Tiffany also came out saying she wasn't paid. Um, they fired her after she took off a few weeks to take care of her grandma who was dying of cancer. Um, and we see the same thing again. JK Films coming out on Twitter, bashing her, saying she was unprofessional. She did this to herself. She took more than three weeks or whatever. Either way, she was grieving. Very unprofessional. This is the extent of the drama that I know. I'm just giving the TLDR. Now that, like, I see the videos, it's triggering more. Like, I think I did watch them quite a bit. And I, like, I liked um, Just Kidding News. But Tiffany actually is dating or is still married or is in a relationship with Casey mm -hmm. who is like a very close friend uh, and like works on just kidding films so they're still together and it's like I wonder how they kind of like navigated that I guess mm -hmm. people were criticizing Casey for still staying with them after they treated her so poorly so we'll see how long that relationship lasts they've been together for a very long time mm -hmm. so yeah. They were saying that, like, Tiffany was getting preferential treatment because she was, like, so close with Gio, and Gio was married to Bart, who's the co-founder of all this. So Gio has a lot of stuff, a lot of pull. Um, and also rumors that she had stolen money from one of their podcasts, and then she went to form her own podcast. And then I think Tiffany had said something to Gio, and then Gio, like, blew up and dumped Tiffany. And that's when all the stuff happened. Damn. They are still together. Um, mm -hmm. Bart and Gio. Mm -hmm. And, like, Bart has since, like, leaned, I guess, more into the fitness realm as well. Like, he has his own gym, Bar Barbell Brigade, own fitness YouTube channel, Barbell Brigade. Um, and he is, like, known as the person who kind of started the whole, like, influencer gym trend. Like, influencers eventually, like, building up and like their own gym for something like for i guess living the lifestyle that they want to live um so they're loaded <laughs> they live in texas now actually and he films stuff in la like he'll fly to la once every three weeks to film wow yeah do you think he has a pj 
It's a PJ. A private jet. Oh shit, maybe. No, there's no way he's that rich. But like, he could be because he could like, be. Yeah. if it's like, like once every three weeks, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, I guess the flight isn't long either. Like, it's, they're pretty close to each other. So. Yes. Hmm. That's insane. I didn't realize they had like this much controversy. I guess like surrounding mm-hmm. them. Um, yeah, I didn't but, even like, realize they were that big anymore. Yeah, like I, I, are they like? Do they still have like? Are they still posting? I think so, but everyone on Reddit says it's very boring and it's not the same as it used to be. Mm, that's fair. Like, but like, like that's also one of the things where it's like your viewers get older. And mm-hmm. you either like evolve with them or you do the same thing that you've always done and hope that mm-hmm. works. They were so. saying JK films did not evolve with the trends and they did not evolve with their viewership. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. So that you can't like I guess it's like you can't really fault them for that. Um, like they kind of made the wrong decision, I guess. Then they were like kind of just banking on their original success. Mm-hmm. They also like maybe like their main focus isn't YouTube anymore um they were about to sell out to another network channel i think but then that fell through and then they kept talking about a movie and then that's been going on for years mm. well other asian youtubers wong fu <laughs> okay wong fu um they changed the game i think like they made like really cool films it was ted phil and wes beautiful beautiful wes Back in the day, me and Wana both had such huge crush on him. Um, now, really, none of them are with Wang Fu anymore. Like, I think they still support it, but they're not. They, like, moved on to their own thing. Phil, I think, still is, like, there behind the scenes, like, still supporting it. But I, I think he's left. Uh, what's his name? Ted has definitely left. He's married, moved on. Good for him. Wes, I believe, has also left. So just yeah. Phil was kind of kind of still loosely attached to it, but not really. He just got married too. And he owns a bubble tea shop. Yes. Oh, I remember shout out to Kathy who visited their bubble tea shop. And did she like it? I think so. Yeah, they had cool food. Um, but nothing really dramatic there. I still occasionally watch like the Wong Fu videos. They're still very good. Um, they've passed it on to like a newer generation now, which I think is like a mature thing of them to do. Like they, they rode the wave and now they're like, we're going to phase ourselves out, which I think is respectable. Yeah. I mean, like realistically, they didn't even have to pass it on. Like, yeah, they could have stayed. could have just died with them. Mm -hmm. But I think the more I think about it, I'm like, it's really nice that they're kind of passing the torch on to the newer Asian generation. Because, like, they want to keep up with, like, trends and have their own personal life. Yeah. Um, Like, Wang Fu made a lot of, like, Asian acting careers. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, Randall Park, like, originally was in Wang Fu. Now he's, like, a mainstream actor. Um, Simu Liu. Was he? Mm-hmm. He was in a like actually a couple of Wang Fu th- shorts. Wow! Before like he blew up. That's insane. Yeah. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. I guess that was after the time that I stopped watching Wang Fu. Maybe yeah. It was because I remember when Shang Chi was announced. I was like, holy shit! That's the guy from Wang Fu. They made it. So oh. that was pretty nice. Oh, I. Like I knew him from Kim's Convenience, which is a great show, and you should oh, all yeah, watch that it. Too. Yeah, so I didn't realize he was in Wang Fu at the time. Mm-hmm. I was just like, oh, like he had Kim's Convenience, so they saw him there, and then it was. But yeah, he, they like really launched a lot of like careers and everything, mm-hmm. especially for like um, Asian Americans. They also had, like really good sketches mm-hmm. um, too, which touched on like not just I guess like Asian American issues, but. A lot of other issues as well mm-hmm. and it was like so relatable and so sad and mm-hmm. she's like i think a lot of actually asian americans credit them as like one of like the first like asian american like filmmakers and everything mm-hmm. really like changed the game and everything so that's like insane that's yeah. amazing mm-hmm. go them i love them okay. no drama yeah. that i know of mm-hmm. um ryan hika will quickly sum up is now streaming uh I forget why he said no more YouTube. I think he just didn't have like inspiration anymore. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and he, he's pretty burnt out. Like, he went through a lot. Um, yeah. He really kind of shouldn't be included in the 2010, like, bubble <laughs> because he was popular at the beginning of YouTube. Like, yeah. how to be a ninja and everything. How like gangster, yeah. Yeah. So he's always, like, he's always been pretty popular and pretty famous like mm-hmm. i guess on youtube and everything and like like waves yeah there's been like ebbs and flows of him mm-hmm. um i think i did go through a phase like last year where i was just watching all his like clips from streaming um and he like reviewed his past videos and just like gave behind the scenes commentary which i think is really cute and really nice i should watch that mm-hmm. it's good it's like a nice nostalgic thing yeah um Last but not least, Kev Jumba. This was very interesting. Um, so Kev Jumba had always featured his dad in his videos, and he was like, he seemed like that's awkward, like Asian kid in his room, but also like charismatic in a way. That's how I always saw him, and he just like seemed to film like very relatable content. Um, then him and his dad went on to like do the Amazing Race, and then. Um, I was reading an interview today about Kev Jumba, and they were saying he was tapped on the shoulder to do a lot of really big projects. Um, so he had gone to college, then he dropped out because he was like, oh shit, I'm getting a lot more popular than I thought I would. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were like, Kev Jumba is going to be the next like big thing. Like he's he's huge. He was signed up to do like acting classes, signed up to do like uh, so many auditions and stuff. Um, So the show Masters of None, he was tapped on the shoulder to be Aziz Ansari's best friend, and he declined it. Um, And yeah, just like so many upcoming projects. And his friend, Justin Chan, who is also Eric from Twilight, um, was like, Kevin was going to go places. Like he was going to be like the next like token Asian actor kind of thing. But Kevin got like very overwhelmed from it all. He said that you know, same thing as all the YouTubers, like, he just wasn't finding, like, enjoyment from this anymore. Everything felt kind of fake for him. He needed to kind of take a step back and focus on his mental health and, um, I guess, spiritual outlook. So then he, um, it's unclear what he really did, but he, like, looked into different religions and he tried to take a more spiritual path. And they said that he had joined a cult, but he was like, no, 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 it's just a spiritual journey for me. I want to come back to YouTube and the camera with like a more enlightened sense of the world, um, which is very respectable. And then one day in 2015, Kevin was hit by a car. He was walking um, and he had like intense spinal nerve injury to his back. Um, And he had moved back in with his parents. They took care of him. Um, And again, he turned to religion to uh, really kind of guide him through because he was suffering with a lot of chronic pain. Um, I guess a lot of anger and depression so good for him um i don't think he is making a big comeback anytime soon i know he does like small projects where he's really focused on nonprofit and trying to help other people um but nothing big or controversial with him either sucks i read about the car accident too like i was like this poor poor man he's just walking yeah i know like it, it's just like it, it feels like it like he's literally the definition of like having so many like thing like good things but yet so many bad things at the same time mm-hmm. like it's just like when these two worlds collide and stuff mm-hmm. and it's just like it's like so heartbreaking because it's like there was like he did have so many like opportunities and everything and then like he just disappeared mm-hmm. and i think he like did like um podcast with Ryan Higa in 2019 and that was kind of like the last that anyone's really like heard from him like publicly like he stopped posting on instagram like everything um so it's like his story is like very upsetting for me like every time i think about kev jumba i'm like i like i get like i'm upset for like everything that has happened to him i didn't even know about the car accident until this morning yeah i like i didn't know either and it's like it's but like even just thinking about like how he just disappeared and how he was like one of the first like really popular mainstream youtubers to do that like it was like everyone was like where's kev jumba like what happened to kev jumba and like years later people were still speculating what happened to him and everything so it's like it's sad to see that like behind the curtain Mm -hmm. not everything's so great 
Yeah. I think from another point of view too, it's interesting that like we as the viewers feel like entitled to know like where the YouTubers went. Like, where did you guys go? Are you going to come back or what? Tell us everything. Um, yeah. Where it's like, they're just like us. They're trying to figure it out too. Yeah. Uh -huh. And it's like something Dan Howell had mentioned in this video where it's like, it feels like their li real life is like a reality TV show. Mm -hmm. So like when they stop being friends with someone, they're like, oh, where did this character go? But like, it's not just a character. This is like a real relationship that like you had, but everyone else just treats it as like television. Mm -hmm. yeah. There were more to touch on, but I think we're getting too sad. Yeah. Also, Shane Dawson <laughs> just has so many stuff. Like I was reading another thing about it and it's just, it's too much. Well, okay. maybe we'll do like a part two of this next week. There's like one thing in particular that I really want to talk about with Shane Dawson. And it's like really fucking gross. Um, oh, American YouTubers are so messed up. <laughs> okay, you know what? Maybe we'll just do an American YouTuber. Mm -hmm. White American YouTubers. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for tuning in again this week. Go follow us on social media, TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram. And go listen to us and like us wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. And join us again next Thursday for another episode of Apologetically Me. Bye! Bye.